0: Happy Halloween, bright Samhain, and good evening, restless witches. Earlier this month, I sat down to talk with Brina Guerin all about spooky spell ingredients and how we use them. If you didn't catch part one of this conversation, it's linked in the show notes so you can enjoy this two-part Halloween special to its fullest. Welcome to this spooky special edition of Witchcraft Witchcraft for the the restless. Restless.
1: House Bells, Witch's Herb, exactly.
0: Lady's Meat, Bull's Blood, Hag Tallow, Devil's Fruit, Bad Man's Plaything, Devil's Shoestring, Bat
1: Tree, Bloody Fingers, Naughty Man, Witch's Weed, Brain Thief, Dead Man's Bells, Alrighty. My turn, then? It is. Okay. Devil's Fruit. Well, I would have
0: said Datura <laughs> for
1: that. <laughs> um, that, that, was, uh, that was Devil's Cherries, I think. Oh, oh wait, no, nice. that's, that's, that's Belladonna. There's Devil's, Devil's, is...
0: Devil's Apple for Datura as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, Devil's Cherries was Belladonna, I think. Yeah. But nope, not this one, just Devil's Fruit. Is it poisonous? People used to think it was. That's either a
0: tomato or it. A...
1: <laughs> yes, it's a tomato. You nailed it. Yes, it's a tomato. Amazing. <laughs> uh, it, which in Latin is called a wolf peach. That's so fun. That's yeah. That's what the Latin name for tomato means. It means wolf peach. Amazing. Isn't that bonkers? I never really have occasion to look up the taxonomical name of vegetables. That was part of my notes when I was putting down all of my botanical research, I made sure that I listed, you know, the, the common use names yeah. and then the taxonomical names because it's important to differentiate. Uh, yeah. But yes, we, we are just hitting a bunch of plants in the nightshade family, and yeah. this is another one. The nightshade family is huge. It has so many freaking plants in it, and some of them are incredibly poisonous, And some of them you slice and put on your sandwich. This is the slicey one. Interestingly enough, though, it's just the fruits of the tomato plant that are edible. The rest of it is poisonous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Not as poisonous as some of its relatives, perhaps, but still, like, not good for eating. Definitely not. They'll They'll at least make you quite sick. Uh, Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, So one of the other folk names for tomatoes back in the day was love apples, and they were thought to be incredibly, incredibly poisonous. And people were uh, terrified of them uh, in Europe because they had such an intense flavor compared to other things that Europeans were used to. And they also have mild aphrodisiac properties and as we all know people are terrified of anything that makes them the slightest bit horny so of course these things were labeled as poisonous and evil (laughs) and and only good for for sauces but they are wonderful for uh for protection magic if you if you have tomato plants in your garden it's supposed to have a, a protective effect over your home or if you have one in the windowsill it uh, keeps evil from entering, which is lovely. Um, it's great for prosperity magic. It's another one where if you uh, if you divide it and you plant it, it will grow. It's really really easy to divide and you know transplant that way. And of course, uh, it's a marvelous ingredient in love magic. You can have tomatoes or tomato sauce for a nice romantic dinner. And it kind of sets the mood a little bit, I mean so many people you know they'll they'll go out and have Italian dinner for a for a date night i mean one one wonders if there's something to that yeah, definitely mm-hmm.
0: i actually I don't use them so much for like relationship or love magic, but I use them in ancestral work because I have vegetable gardening ancestors, so that's uh one way that I use to connect to that,
1: yeah, well, tomatoes, I guess, are sort of like. The symbol of the vegetable gardener, I mean, if you have like a, a a book on gardening, you know nine times out of ten, if someone's pictured on it, they're holding up a tomato and like
0: they 're so ubiquitous that like
1: people associate them with with Italy, but uh,
0: they're they're native to North America, yes
1: um maybe you know i don't actually know um I just know that they at some point they were they i think you, I think you are correct um I do know that at some point they were introduced to, uh, the population of Europe. So that, that makes sense that they would have grown here, uh, first. Um, and I do know that they were considered poisonous in many places as late as the 1800s. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: They're a recent addition to many cultures diets. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, there's a reason that you know, tomatoes are not often used whole in cuisine, that they're usually, like, mashed down into sauce. Uh, the the belief was if you squashed the tomato up enough, it would uh, press the poison or the evil out of it, and uh, it was considered, it's, it's, oh, it's a very poor fruit, it's only fit for sauces, and you have to mash the evil out of it before you can Safely eat it.
0: <laughs> oh, I would definitely use that practice in like a nice, like a like a cleansing, like a just get the evil out cleansing. Yeah, yeah. Just smash up some tomatoes.
1: Mhm, mhm. There's there's just so much lore associated with tomatoes that that just it makes me laugh. It's it's like oh look at the silly things we used to believe, but then I look at the world now and it's like oh look at all the stupid crap we believe now. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. In, uh, I, in a few years are gonna be there's gonna be lots to, to look back on.
1: <laughs> it hurts. Yep. Oh god it stings. <sighs> um, I actually do use tomatoes and tomato sauce fairly often in 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 food magic. If I'm going to make like a like any kind of a food magic thing. I'll usually go straight to you know one of my mother's recipes that has, you know, some sort of pasta in it, or I'll make up a big pot of chili, just because it's real easy to kind of stir blessings and magic into something that you have to stir up, and you have to stir things when you use pasta sauce. We also have a little tomato plant. It's the little tomato plant that could, uh, that lives in the window garden. Hasn't given us fruit yet, but ooh, it's trying! And uh, I use the... Uh, the prunings from it, the, the leaves and the stems in protection incense, because you can't really use them for anything else, but it just seemed a shame to throw them away. And it was like, you know what? This feels like I can pop it in this mix, so there you go.
0: Yeah, and a, mm-hmm. a lot of people really love the, the fragrance of tomato leaves. Like, it have such a distinct oh, scent. Oh, yes. I love it so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Some people I hate it, but... I love that vine smell. So good. It. So, so good. That is like one of the smells of summer for exactly. me exactly yeah it's, it's like mown grass and you know kind of hot asphalt grape leaves and tomato vines all right your go okay um the next one is a
0: fun name it's a common plant and uh it's called eerie like 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 how spooky like eerie seriously yeah like <laughs> it's not even like eerie something. It's just eerie.
1: That's fantastic. Uh-huh. I I thought it was gonna be like ear like that you hear with. Nope, e e r i e. I I got nothing for that. Yeah. What else is it called?
0: <laughs> it's got a few. Uh, bad man's plaything.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. Badman's plaything. Oh. None of these have anything to do with what I would associate with it, but,
1: you know. Is this another nightshade? No. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, Hmm. There's
0: a bunch more. Wants more? Yes. Devil's Nettle. Death Flower. Wow. And the rest kind of give it more away,
1: but... But it's not a nightshade. Mm Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. I kind of want to say Morning Glory? No. No? I, I don't know then. I'm probably uh, going to be like, darn it when you say it, but... So, okay, we'll go with some more names because
0: there's some more that are like, more relevant. Okay. Uh, sanguinary, Nosebleed, Thousand Seal, Wound Wart. Lots of things to do with bleeding. Is it Yarrow? Yeah! Uh-huh! Aha! <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Achillea Millifolio. Yeah. Uh. Or Feather, feather Few is... Sometimes mm-hmm. either feverfew or this one, so it can refer to both. True, true. Yeah. Yarrow's a gorgeous plant. Oh, I love it so much. It's one of my favorites and most used. I don't use it so much in tea, but I use it in almost any topical use. It's a blood, blood stauncher, basically. So it's, it's the plant that was in the legend of Achilles, hence the taxonomical name Achilles, And he... Uh, Stopped the bleeding of his soldiers wounds with it and he was taught that by Chiron Hi, it's editing me. I'm gonna be upfront. I really liked what I wrote for this little segment But the words didn't come out exactly how I liked in the conversation because I have an anxiety disorder and sometimes that happens so I'm gonna retcon this a little bit and put it in the words that I originally wanted to and So I use yarrow in any sort of healing magic, but particularly those emotional wounds that just sort of seem to keep reopening and bleeding you dry. But firstly, that sounds like trauma, baby! So first and foremost, please consider therapy if it's an option for you, and don't rely on magical means to fix something that there are real-world solutions to. So if there is something really traumatic for you that just sort of keeps popping up and reopening, and every time it does, it sort of again bleeds you dry is the most apt way i can put that then please try working through it as well with a therapist if at all possible so i wouldn't advise trying to staunch a huge fresh emotional wound with yarrow unless you plan to address your thoughts and feelings about it directly later and the way that yarrow is used medicinally is a perfect direct analogy for this yarrow is a plant that's used on fresh wounds and you would pack a wound with yarrow to stop the bleeding but you can't just pack it full of yarrow and just leave it there and not check on it uh, and not do anything else to aid the healing. Just because the yarrow will keep you from bleeding out doesn't mean that that wound won't get infected and fester. The yarrow might stop the bleeding and make the wound more manageable but you still need to unpack it and look at your wound directly in order to heal it. And this analogy makes perfect direct one-to-one sense in my brain um, but I will try and translate that. So if I was to use this on an emotional wound, I would use it in an emotional healing spell, firstly. Um, and that might make those emotions a little bit more manageable, a little bit less like I'm overflowing and bleeding dry. They might help me retain some energy for myself in order to address those emotional wounds and look at where they're coming from and really get to the bottom and heal it. So I do use Yarrow in almost every healing spell, and the role it plays is to make that bleeding a little bit more manageable and retain some energy for myself. So any kind of magic where you need an astringent effect? It's not so much astringent. So it's not very drying. It actually has a moistening effect, but mm. it clots blood. Like it actually oh. uh, affects blood clots.
1: Hence wound wart.
0: Yes. Okay. It's really used in divination a lot as well. It's one of the, uh, is it I Ching, where they use yarrow as divination sticks in a, like a tossing divination? I believe so. I believe Yeah. And it's also in a Terry Pratchett book as a divination tool in the same way. <laughs> that doesn't shock
1: me. Yeah. Ah, good yeah. old Sir Terry. He knew, <laughs> yeah. he knew us so well, bless him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you use it in your practice? I have it in my toolkit but I don't believe I've ever used it outside of a protection blend. Oh fun. Yeah, it's
0: it's um really great for like space and home protection too.
1: Yeah, I think I have it in my I think I have it in my all purpose protection powder. I believe mm-hmm. so. Um and I may I may have included it in one or two of my healing powders. I'm not sure. I have entirely too many powder recipes. I've just come to this realization and I'm a little ashamed of myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm, okay. sure I've, I'm sure I've used it in, in, in more than one thing. It's just it, it's sticking in my head that uh, when I have used it, it's been for protection because it's, it's something that, that stops it. Like you said, it stops the bleeding, so it has a warding effect as well. I yeah. think it's, uh, it's listed in that particular uh, context as like protection against physical harm. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I, I do I do have a, an Achilles joke for you. Do you? Oh yes. Well it's it's more of a, a mythology joke. Um you know how uh Chiron gave us all those uh those 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 various uses of herbs for medicine and healing and, and so forth back in antiquity? Yes. Does that make him the centaur for disease control? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you, Tumblr oh I love it, <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I've been holding on to that for like five minutes now <laughs> but yes yarrow is, is 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 super useful and it's a, a beautiful plant but you got to be careful like where you plant it because once you plant it you cannot get rid of it and not in my climate at least I guess since we have such such
0: very cold winters my little patch has stayed rather contained and I'm Quite happy with it, although it is surrounded by mint, so that might be helping contain it.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have one more that I have used and then two more that I haven't used. Okay. For this list. So I'll I'll go for the one that I have used. Mm -hmm. Devil's Shoestring. Shoestring. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it a vine? Uh, sort of. Hmm. Nope, got nothing. <laughs> Literally any of the other names of this plant would give it away, so I'll just tell you. Yeah, it's, go for it. it's black haw. Oh, interesting. I don't know much about that. Um, it's a member of the viburnum family of plants, and actually, there's a, quite another, uh, a, quite a few rather other members of the same plant family that are also referred to as devil shoestring. They they vine a little bit, but they're they're more like little shrubs. They are very very useful in herbal medicine. They're highly recommended to treat gynecological disorders. Always consult your doctor first. Um, and they've been used that way. Uh, For a very long time, uh, right up to uh, the modern age, actually, there are actual medicines that use extracts from this plant for uterine complaints of various kinds. If I recall correctly, it's a very commonly used plant in Hoodoo and Conjure traditions, and I've seen it mentioned in a lot of sources on Appalachian folk magic. I know that they all kind of draw from the same well of beliefs. I don't know enough about where the delineations are to say much more on it. I just know that these traditions all use this particular plant. So magically speaking, devil's shoestring is, as you might uh, expect, is used for a lot of different kinds of binding. Uh, Anything where you have to trip someone up. That was where the, the name came from. You used to, to, to trip up the devil. And in, in that instance, it's also for uh, for good luck and for keeping away trouble. I'll just come right out and say it. I use it when I hex somebody <laughs> because it's really, really good for holding the whole thing together and making sure it
0: sticks. That's, uh, I, I was going to, I have an alternative herb that I
1: was going to pick and that's knotweed. And that's sort of how I would use knotweed. Yep, 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 yep. It's also uh, a useful herb in uh, protecting against attack or against baneful spells from other people because, again, you can use the binding effect to, uh, to, to trip up that outside interference. And I believe it's also good for when you're searching for, uh, for a job or when you're, you're, you're looking for new opportunities, but mostly I just use it for the binding effect. Oh, that's fun.
0: Yeah, I don't have any um, experience with that one. Well, I'll have to look and see if it's around here.
1: I'd be very interested to know if it was. I know yeah. that you can you can purchase it online. Uh, that's not one that I've wildcrafted uh, mm-hmm. in my time. But I, I do keep a small supply of it on hand just because, you know, it's good for things. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I have two...
0: Uh, no, I've got, I've got three more. Let's go with Bat Tree, which is the same name as as holly but it also
1: is for this one that tree ooh mm-hmm. hmm i have a suspicion does it have any other names tree of doom uh devil's eye devil's eye i kind of want to say it's a yew
0: tree no no uh old lady is the other the only other name i have oh my gracious yeah is it a beech
1: no Oof. It is a tree though. It is a tree. Well, it's tr- shrubby tree. Shrubby shrubby tree. The only one that comes to mind is Juniper and I, I think that's wrong.
0: Yeah, no. It's Elder. Elder, oh doggone it, I should w that. I wouldn't have think I would have thought it had such uh, ominous names like Tree of Doom, considering like such a it's such a healing plant.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, Elder Upf. What don't you use Elder for?
0: Honestly, it's, it's in my go-to herbal cabinet. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, um, it's really great for your immune system and protecting your immune system or rebuilding an immune system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those ones that you don't want to take, like, all day, every day. You want to take it in cycles. But, again, speak to your herbalist or your healthcare team, whatever. Um, but it's really fantastic for just building up your defenses. So it's probably very good for that in, uh, in a magical sense as well. Yeah, exactly. So like when I'm thinking about the spirit of the land or the house that I live in, I see it sort of like its own energetic ecosystem and its own little organism. And so since Elder is really good at building our own internal immune system, I sort of see it building the land spirit's um, immune system. So it's good for that, like, uh, it's not so much a passive Uh, protection it's more like an active protection that's like adapting and changing.
1: that makes good sense i usually have contact with elder in a sense of uh spells for for banishing but also spells for wisdom
0: yeah yeah, it's it's really it's up there in the in the wisdom and like that that deep knowing it's less of the cognitive Mm -hmm. knowing and more of that like deep knowing
1: yeah that's that's mostly where where it falls for me and of course you know the the obvious uh, associations with with protection and with uh with magic in general i know the the elder is uh, a sacred tree for for a lot of people and i do believe that it is the one wood that wiccan's will not burn in their ritual fires
0: oh i didn't know that interesting mm-hmm. so yeah i feel like that would be nice for protection because it's sort of like an unburnable mm-hmm. you know sort of feeling
1: yeah Unburnable, unbreakable, incorruptible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There there is a, a real feeling of uh, sort of antiquity with yeah. with elder trees. Whenever I'm around one, it's like I don't care if this tree has only been here for, you know, fifty years, this thing feels ancient.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do you use um the the flower or
1: the berry or I do use elder flower uh to make certain kinds of tea that's that's actually mostly where i use elder is uh is in tea i do have a supply of elderberries but i very rarely have to uh use them for anything
0: yeah my go to is the uh, the syrup elderberry syrup mm. oh it's delicious oh, it's and i always so seem to miss elderberry flower or elderflower season i always mm-hmm. just it's so quick i always miss it
1: well, you, you sneeze and they're gone yeah <laughs> Uh, I'm actually kind of hoping to uh, either procure or perhaps make, but probably procure, uh, some elderberry syrup for, for this winter because I know it's it's so good for, uh, for throat complaints. And I always mm-hmm. get a sore throat in the winter, just without fail. Some people, you know, they, they get like a head cold or they get, you know, a chest cold or they have aches and pains. Me, sore throat. Mm, you should um maybe look into fire cider. Have you tried?
0: I have not. What's in that? It's a wide range of, it's like a category of recipes. Um, but the base is like an apple cider vinegar and either spicy things or just really immune boosting things. Hmm. So a traditional one would be things like cayenne and garlic and onions and like real spicy spice. Um one of the one of the books I got out for this is Firesider by Rosemary Gladstar and Friends. Oh, I and love her. Yeah. She she wrote my my herbalism course actually. Current nice. one.
1: Yeah. Actually the first book in herbalism I ever got was her family herbal. <gasps> That's amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that takes yeah. me back. Yeah. yeah, she's got some good recipes. Um and a lot of these ones, mm-hmm. a few of these ones include elderberry as the like immune boosting component.
1: And yeah, I think that I, I'm going to give Firesider a go this year. Now that you mentioned the, uh, the components of the super spicy version, I have heard of that before. My mother-in-law makes it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my mother-in-law, her name, her name is Kim. She is a marvelous person, and I just absolutely adore her. I have, I have wait, that rare. My mother-in-law's name is Kim. Oh my god, no way. <laughs> yeah. That's hysterical. That's I love fun. it. I I was gonna say I have this this rare blessing. My in laws are fabulous people and we get along just great. We have absolutely no drama, we have no problems, we are buddies. It's great. <laughs> um and Kim uh raised my husband on a lot of natural medicine and one of those things was something that she called snake juice. And it was basically a fire cider. It was it was uh vinegar and whiskey and garlic and peppers and onions and just basically whatever was hot uh that was yeah. going to make your your whole head sweat yeah, and your she... nose run and your sinuses go Ouch. exactly and she just she threw it into a pan stirred it up and then you had to like drink a shot of that and then just your face would become a faucet but an hour later you'd feel better
0: yeah exactly that's sort of the idea with with firesider as well only usually it's um it's not cooked with heat. It's more of like a steeped thing, mm-hmm. uh, at least in, in Rosemary's book. But yeah, you can make it as spicy or as mild as you like. But the cider
1: is the important part, I think, mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. gut health. Yeah, 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 yeah. And apple cider vinegar is good for your gut. Well, that's interesting. I, I may have to uh, try a milder version of that <laughs> this year if I happen to get uh, a sinus infection or such. I would if, I'm, if use I'm feeling it. very brave. Yeah, yeah, very brave. <laughs> I do not have or a just good spice use, tolerance. Use a few less cayenne peppers. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, don't, so don't let the husband make it, got it.
0: <laughs> I would also, I think that this year I'm going to use firesider cider in um, banishing rituals and banishing magic because that's, that'll get anything right out of town.
1: Ooh, yes. Talk about lighting a fire under somebody's butt. Yes. <laughs> that sounds Awesome. Alright, so I've got a few more, but I'm now into the territory of stuff that I don't actually use. Mmm, go for it. Oh, this is a good one. Bloody fingers. Bloody
0: fingers, wow. Um... Uh I know a fungus called dead man's fingers.
1: Mmm, it's not a fungus. Mmm, is it a fruit? Wow, I have no idea. Well, it is a flower, I'll give you that. Uh, some of the other names include Goblin Gloves, Fox Gloves, yes, mm-hmm. also called Witch's Gloves, Fairy Thimbles, and Dead Man's Bells. Yes, <laughs> uh-huh. this is not one that I use particularly, but it did used to grow in my mother's garden, so I always had kind of an eye on it, thinking one day I'm going to u- learn to use that, but I never did. Yeah. That
0: one was, it, it was in my mom's garden as well, and um, I knew about it from a little book that was about fairies, and it had these really gorgeous fairy illustrations, and they all had different uh, flowers, little blossoms for caps, mm-hmm. and one of them was foxglove, and I loved the foxglove fairy.
1: Yeah. Oh, they, they are just the most beautiful flowers. They have those beautiful, vibrant cover, uh, colors, rather, and they would have the little, the little speckles inside, and they're on those big, tall stalks. They're, they're very striking. They're also incredibly poisonous. Very much. <laughs> uh the uh the digitalis chemical that is that is inside the the flower or the plant rather is used in certain heart medicines and it is also used to counteract certain other types of poison. I believe it's used to counteract belladonna if I'm not mistaken. I think that's I think that's right. Mm-hmm. I think they counteract each other because foxglove will give you a heart attack and uh, belladonna will slow it down. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it goes because the atropine in that dilates your blood vessels. If I, think. Yeah. I think that's how it goes. Yeah, because the dilated eyes and the belladonna eye drops. That makes yes. Sense. Dilation. Yes, that's the one. Ooh, it, it's been a while since I dove into my poison path notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Ooh. Yeah, that that was that was the part that I kind of did like, okay, I'm going to do this because I should know this, but I'm probably not going to use it much. Yeah, uh, foxglove is 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 used in a lot of fairy-related magic, and it's one of those ones that uh, that folks will recommend using for visions and such, but I can't say I recommend it very much, and it's. It's, it looks, looks great in the garden, that's for darn sure. Um, but if you if you are going to use the plant, make sure you handle it with gloves if you're going to be picking it or cutting it up in any fashion. And if you're going to be using it in any kind of incense, do not inhale the smoke from the leaves. It is poisonous. It'll mess with your lungs. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's,
0: that's another one that I haven't used personally, but I sometimes that i when i use things as a like, spirit medicine something that i don't want to like touch physically and handle and use like that um i'll sometimes use it, an image that i've hopefully drawn or a photo that i've taken myself and um use it as a spell component that way well that's an interesting way do you ever listen to inciting a riot or uh Brew"? haha?" Haha? i can't say they're, i have they're older that sounds
1: marvelous
0: <laughs> They're fantastic. Um, the Those two hosts, they had a joint show called Inciting a Brouhaha. Um <laughs> And Inciting a Riot is still going. I think you'd really enjoy. He's a, a pagan podcaster. And uh, Inciting a Brouhaha, it became sort of an infamous debate about whether or not you could use silk flowers or fake flowers in place of real flowers in a spell.
1: Oh, like I have infamous, heard of this. Like a
0: like a really like it kind of that episode of theirs kind of got heated, and then it kind of blew
1: up, and then yeah, so it became a whole big thing. I did hear about this debate. It did reach us in uh, in in the Tumblr verse. Um, I wasn't on Tumblr at the time, probably. Oh, this was recent. Uh, this was, was very it? recent. Yeah, this was in like the past few months. I I saw a thread um, that was in I. I kind of haunt the, uh, the baby witch and beginner witch tags because there's a lot of people asking questions and I, I answer questions is what I do. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that someone asked was, can you use um, silk flowers in place of actual plants in magic? And there was a, quite a bit of a thread going back and forth. Wow, and- Cause
0: the episode um, that they were talking about this on is like old, old, like, mm-hmm. like quite old. I love that it's like, I love that there's reliable debates that come and go, and you can just reliably, <laughs> you know, there's going to be a conversation about this at some point.
1: Oh, yeah. Th- this wasn't one that I had uh, run across before, actually. I-, I hadn't heard of this particular debate. I didn't know that it- there were such strong opinions on both sides. It was-, it was like sitting on either side of a soccer match. It was, it was quite something. Yeah, people-, people have their feelings, for sure.
0: Personally, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not going to use, uh, like, an image or a fake flower In place like for the exact same purpose as I would a living flower. Like it's gonna have a a Mm -hmm. different sort of representation. It's gonna be more like it's the idea of the flower that is the the component.
1: Yes. I think if what you're using is, like you said, the idea of the flower, the symbolism of the flower, the, the the presence of that image, then I think, yeah, use use silk flowers, use fake flowers and foliage, you know, all day long. I have, you know, fake pine bunting and autumn leaves up in my apartment all the time. But if I'm going to be using something where it's like, okay, I actually need to do something physical to this plant, I need to put it into a charm, or I need to burn it, or I need to, like, make a potion or a tea or something out of it, then silk flowers are pretty much useless you do have to have the actual plant
0: yeah absolutely um and i also feel like like uh the symbol of a flower is going to be more useful when you're doing internal work work on yourself yes when you can like really ruminate and like meditate on that symbolism
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, symbolic flowers for symbolic magic exactly all i believe it's your turn oh it is Mm. This is
0: one that I don't have personal experience with. Uh, brain Thief.
1: <laughs> brain yep. Thief? Yeah, it's going to steal your brain. It's a zombie plant. <laughs> Ooh, just like my aloe. Oh, geez. Uh, oh, my gosh. What, what other names does it have? Gallows is another one. Ooh. Oh, my. There's Herb of Circe. And- oh. oh, dog, dog got it. It is on the tip of my tongue. Shoot. Hang on. Brains? It's a brain Herbie. thief. What can I say? <laughs> what? what g- give me like one more. It's, it's right there. A funny one is, is Ladykins. <laughs> yeah, it's called Ladykins. <laughs> That's hysterical.
0: Oh, my God. Or, okay, one that you'll probably get it. Um, anthropomorphon.
1: Mandrake? Yes. Aha! Uh-huh. I was like, Herb of Cersei. Oh, oh, oh! It's right yes. there. Mm-hmm. I, I could not, could not get the word out. But yes, mandrake. Oh my God, could there be a more ubiquitous witch's plant than mandrake?
0: Right. Yeah,
1: it's That's everywhere that is like the for. witch's it's just, plant. Mm-hmm. It, it's that and like deadly nightshade is what we're we're known for.
0: Yeah. So I don't have any personal experience, but it's it's just everywhere in the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like again, I don't have physical experience with the plant, but I have. I haven't really used it in spell work but i have sort of added the the mandrake to the the witch's cupboard of arsenal tools and my image of it is definitely affected by harry potter unfortunately so i would i would probably use it for something like a um like a binding or like a a petrification really um or to undo petrification like to if you're really stuck on something and you feel like you just cannot move forward. I might use it that way. Um as well as of course all it's very traditional fertility and protection and money and love and health and <laughs> myriad
1: other uses. Image magic. Yeah, image mm-hmm. magic. Yep. And pretty much anything that you can think of like that's like really super traditional like when you think of a witch back in antiquity, when you think of the classic witches in, you know, in, in folklore and mythology, when you think of Cersei, when you think of Medea, when you think of you know, Morgan Le Fay, they are all mentioned as having used something like Mandrake. So it's, it's like if you think of the stuff that they were doing, that's pretty much what Mandrake was used for. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's the very sort of classic old world kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen if one in person? Sense. I have. Ooh, I, I have not. actually. What's it like? Um, it literally looks like a little doll. It looks like a little doll made out of a plant root. It's kind of eerie. And, uh, some of them, not the one that I saw, uh, but some of them actually have little, little dimples that almost look like, uh, like a face. Wow. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Or at least it looks like they have like two little eyes, maybe a mouth. It all depends on like how the root. Is, is folded and how it grows, but some of them, they, they do look just like little poppets and it's kind mm-hmm. of creepy.
0: That's something that if, um, if I ever am a homeowner, I would probably want to get my hands on one somehow and use it in action magic that way.
1: Yes. Um, if I were to get my hands on one, I would probably either bury it in a jar mm-hmm. under my doorstep or I would have it in a box under my bed that the cats couldn't chew their way into.
0: I <laughs> would probably be either above the mantle or like you said, buried, buried in mm-hmm. the front.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something to either protect the home or to like protect us and heal us when we're sleeping. Yeah. Just the, the places where you're most vulnerable. It's the threshold in the bedroom. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, oh, Mandrake, what a classic. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your turn. Well, speaking of classic, We'll go back to another one, Witch's Weed. Um, is it a nightshade? Yes, it is. I feel like, would it be Belladonna? It's not Belladonna. Yeah, I didn't, because um, it, 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 be it, yes, it it is it is more berry-like. Yes, but it is similarly um, deadly. No. Bittersweet's not deadly. Mm-mm. Um, whoa, I am blanking. Well, one of the other names is Devil's Porridge. Doesn't really tell you much. It does not. It has a connection with a certain famous philosopher. It does. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead and tell me. I'm curious. Poison hemlock. Oh, of course. Jeez. (laughs) It should be noted this is is a different plant from eastern hemlock, which is a tree. Poison hemlock is... uh, Yes. Yes uh poison hemlock is kind of inextricably linked with poison and witchcraft in pretty much all of the mentions of it in mythology as we know it uh it's one of the most common plants associated with witches in Europe and particularly in Britain it's another one that uh is mentioned in, in connection with uh, with Circe actually yeah this this was something that Uh, People were very, very scared of because one of the things that, you know, witches were known for was was kind of, you know, aside from causing plagues and and killing livestock and souring milk and poisoning wells or whatever, it was uh, destroying the fertility of the human body. And in the case of poison hemlock, it was to cause a man to be unable to... uh, yeah, it, it, it destroys the male potency, I believe was the the official term. Potency, virility, That's drive. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. In folk magic, it's used uh, in spells of chastity huh? and to to decrease lustful urges. Wow. Mm hmm. Uh, the poison in it causes respiratory failure so i'm wondering if if that has something to do with uh with that that it causes things to to seize up yeah and and to not work properly mhm that makes yeah. sense mhm yeah, i i um... thought it was was very interesting that it's like you know it's oh you know of course it's poison hemlock so it's poison and poison is kind of universally feared but no this specific poison is uh is is the anti-viagra in witchcraft and it's like wow that's that's a specific thing that people were afraid of oh of course they were because if you if you cursed a man with with impotence and and not being able to to father children then well his line ends and and that's it yeah that's a that's a big deal i'm sorry just one second i have a cat in a box of market supplies and she needs to get out (laughs) oh no hang on just one second Okay, if anyone gets any popped bags with their, uh, their merch at my table, it's Penny's fault. Oh, my God.
0: The unhelpful assistant.
1: Oh, my God. Poison hemlock. Yeah. Which I'm not going to use on my cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we, we do not poison the kitties. We just turn them into purritos. We swaddle them up in the duvet, and they get held until they are calm. <laughs> anyway... Where were we? <laughs> Poisons. I've completely <laughs> lost the plot. Oh. But I think I, I think I, I got through everything I wanted to say on on Hemlock. It, yeah. it was something it was something that was uh for destroying a man's ability to, you know, perform the act mm-hmm. and father children and then that was, you know, seen as a big, big threat. Uh and that is the problem with a patrilineal society. Yes. <laughs> Small soap box here. Yes, yes, yes. Love that. Yes. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh but hemlock is another one of the, the classics, I think, for for witches. And of course, you know, the the Greek philosopher Socrates uh was executed by being forced to drink hemlock tea. I think
0: that since my interest in plants like very much comes from the the nature and science like i just don't i don't have that much of a an eye on the like i guess social and historic uses and whatnot and i should i like this this is
1: new information i love it well my my education with a lot of things is just sort of like hey what are what are the interesting deaths in history because you know i was a morbid teen once (laughs) so you know, it, it stuck in my head when my history teacher said, "And this particular guy was killed by being forced to drink poison." I was like, "You have my attention." What a brutal way to go. Yeah, apparently, it's it's not a fun way to go, and uh, respiratory failure is not is not good. Not mm-hmm. one of the ways I would pick. But apparently, uh, his last words were to remind one of the men with him that they owed a chicken to some guy and to make sure he gets it. Very important like, information to very pass important on. Important stuff. <laughs> Practical guy that Socrates, I think. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so that's that's uh, that's poison hemlock. Yeah, very fun. Well, I only have one more. Mm-hmm.
0: And go for it. These names are not so like spooky, but we have
1: naughty man, old man, or Ooh. felon herb. Ooh. Oh, this one does sound familiar. Felon herb is one that I saw in. Uh, in my research. Are there any others? Mm,
0: just those three. The rest of them um, are just very similar to the regular common name.
1: Oh, shoot.
0: Could I have a hint? Um, it's popular in divination and dream magic. That's Mugwort. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. This is yes. one that I, I use quite a bit, actually. Um, I've just found some to wildcraft nicely the last couple years. And it is a psychoactive plant, so like, please use responsibly. And um, it's, it's really, really popular with divination and dream work and protection in those realms. Um, and it was a really popular and traditional um, besom ingredient, or not ingredient. What do you?
1: Um, I'd, I'd say ingredient. It's, it's something you used for, the, uh, for the, the sweepy, bristly things. Yeah, the sweepy bristly parts.) <laughs> Apart oh. from apart from you know like broom and and stuff like that.
0: Exactly. I I have a zoomy cat that's getting into some plastic bags. Let me go <sighs> fix that. <laughs> Bad <BNT. laughs> kitty.
1: Mugwort. That this we're we're ending on another classic. This is good. Yeah. Um, most of where I see mugwort used has like everything to do with visions and psychic abilities and divination and any and pretty much anything to do with magic of the mind or uh magic of of, of seeing and perceiving that which is hidden yeah exactly
0: mm-hmm. and that's that's basically how i use it i use it in like dream pillows is a very very popular traditional use mm-hmm. and um i i personally have smoked it i am i canna- cannabis smoker and so um, I feel safe using mugwort in that way. And with my you know, experience and education, everything like that. Um, and I really enjoy it when, for divination and, um, just sort of personally, I don't feel any psychoactive effects from it. Mm-hmm. It will vary from person to person. Some people feel it a whole lot, so be careful. Um, but I really enjoy it for that because it, it does have like a super protective and liminal energy to it
1: nice mugwort is probably the herb that i see most often in uh in tea recipes in uh in certain certain works of modern pagan literature let's say where they're just like oh how are we gonna you know make this tea sound witchy oh we'll just dump some mugwort into it oh boy yeah, um, and that's that's in fiction and in the practical texts as well. They'll be like, oh, yeah, for, you know, this this dream tea or this psychic visions tea or to increase clairvoyance or whatever, you know, just like throw a spoonful of mugwort into your tea. No health warnings, mm-hmm. nothing on, hey, if you're allergic to ragweed, you're allergic to this plant. Nothing yeah. about do not use if pregnant. Yeah, it's an amenagogue for sure. Oh, God, it drives me crazy. Yeah. like, please, just a little, a little, a smidgen of practical advice. You can just, advice. like, a little, little asterisk saying... Something. Something. Just something. Please, God, anything. But no, and I understand that some of these books are, like, products of their time and, and what have you, and it just, like, it was just either kind of known that you had to be careful with it, or just it wasn't part of the discussion, but it's led to it being cited as just something that you can, you know, kind of throw around throw around willy-nilly in your tea or uh or smoke. Yeah, just like you would anything else. And it's like, well, yes and no. It's yeah. not it's not going to be deadly per se, but it does require some caution especially if you're on uh any sort of medication for, you know, for, 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 for mental health issues, especially for insomnia or hallucinations of any kind. Um, and if you're drinking out of the tea, it's also going to affect your, um,
0: basically, waste removal systems, like your kidneys and your yes. and your everything like that, pancreas. So, like, it can really mess up medications as well.
1: Yes. Well, I guess with... As with any herb, it's important to know, like, what the physical properties of the thing are separate from the magical ones before you go about inhaling or ingesting it in any way. Yeah, I think that's part
0: of the reason why I like um, formulating my magical correspondences and uses almost, not, not, excuse, not exclusively by any means, but as a large part of the, the context I build around the ingredients is the medical, chemical, and physical properties of the plants. Because I feel like it's, it's just, it's that important to know that it should make up a large, large portion of your knowledge of the plant.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly why I recommend people to have that, that practical herb lore knowledge alongside their magical education. Because then you have that all-important context for what the herbs do, you know, what their chemical properties, I suppose, are. And how they can be safely taken, safely handled, and all that sort of good stuff. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like in the
0: online communities a lot if I get of some feedback that feels like we're saying people should not use herbs at all personally or like they shouldn't use them without, you know, years and years of experience. And I feel like that's not what we're saying.
1: Um, oh, no, not at all. Not yeah. at all. No, it's it's not that you shouldn't use them or that you have to like Pass a standardized test before you use them it's just hey, if you're going to be using them, just do your homework That's all you know get you some 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 practical texts in there. you know, read some stuff about the actual physical properties of the plant. I actually recommend uh rosemary gladstar's books for some of that because she has mm-hmm. a lot of research in there and a lot that talks about the medicinal properties of plants and what proper dosing is. Um, Yeah. Also, I
0: think this is, sorry, just really important for, um, there's one book that I recommend anyone who's going to be taking any herbs at all in medicinal doses, which means like anything more than you would put in your food for flavor is going to be a medicinal dose. Um, so the book is called the herbal medicine makers handbook and it's basically the go-to for any herbal medicine maker you'll meet out there. And, Yeah, it's a it's super important book to get your hands on if you're going to be
1: making medicine. I think I have a copy of that as well. That is a good one. Yeah, (laughs) I also highly recommend uh, Fetro and Avila's The Complete Guide to Herbal Medicines. Mm -hmm. It's it's sort of uh, like a physician's desk reference for herbal medicine. It's a little bit out of date. It was published in 2000, uh, so it's of course, you know, it's it's not up to not up to the minute. But same it still the, has a lot of good information.
0: Yeah, same with the Medicine Makers Handbook. Uh, most of the most valuable information is is more on, like, dosing and formulation.
1: Yeah. The Complete Guide one is, is very good for interactions with medication, uh, health warnings especially. It does have dosage information, and it has uh, lists of, like, here's what it's commonly used for in herbal medicine. Like, here's where you're going to find it. It has listings of like commercial products that include it it's it's pretty thorough
0: Mm mm-hmm that's a good one for sure
1: yes absolutely Mm -hmm. well this was super duper fun it was
0: i hope that everyone enjoyed the first interview episode of witchcraft for the restless and i'm oh actually this isn't the end i'm sorry um i asked my patrons if anyone had a specific question if you have time for a quick a quick one i do
1: i always have time for questions
0: Let's take a moment to listen to some rustlings from the Grove. So, Emmy Primrose. Emmy Primrose. Hi, Emmy. She's one of my patrons,
1: too. <gasps> That's amazing. Hi, sweetheart. Thank you. We love patrons. We, we love patrons. You, you guys are awesome. All right. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. What we got? Okay.
0: She wanted to know our opinions on, quote, universal spell ingredients, like rosemary as a Ooh. substitute for any herb or... Um, like, white quartz as a substitute for anything.
1: Okay. Been, it's been a topic circulating. Yeah, I've I, I, I got some opinions on this for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. I think that there is a tendency to mix up uh, something that has many, many, many uses versus something that is universal. Nothing is universal because... There is no one thing that can be a substitute for anything or that can be used for any purpose. But in the case of things like rosemary or white quartz or like white candles, I think it's more like if you have the thing that is supposed to be used in this particular role, then by all means use that. It's going to be more effective. But if you're in a pinch, this thing will work almost as well, and it'll do, you know, kind of in a bind. And, you know, rosemary has so many uses in magic that it may seem like it's a universal herb, but really it's just, you know, insanely multi-purpose, kind of like sage and basil. And then, you know, white quartz and white candles, they're kind of seen as a bit of a blank slate because they can be used for just about anything. Uh, But I don't think that they make equal substitutes for other things, like if I have my choice between, you know, if, if I have a spell that calls for, say, mistletoe, but I don't have mistletoe, will I throw in rosemary to, you know, take the place of that? Yes. Will it be as effective? Probably not. But in a pinch, at least I know I have something I can use if I have to. Mm-hmm. Same thing with white candles or clear quartz points. If I have the thing that it's supposed to be substituting, you, you bet your buns I'm going to be using that instead because that's what's meant to be there and that's what's going to be most effective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel very much the same way. And for me personally, I don't often substitute if I don't have a thing. I'll usually just find a completely different thing that carries the same connotation for me. So if I don't have, say, mistletoe, I might use hawthorn. Um, I'm not going to reach for something just because it's universal, I guess. Um, I'll reach for it if I know that it also holds that same correspondence for me, Um, but not just because it's supposed to be good for anything.
1: Exactly. And also, it's, it's important to sort of mention the, I guess, the other side of that, which is that if you are limited on either what you can get your hands on or what you can kind of keep around you or the space that you have to store things. Sometimes it's good to have herbs and crystals and candles that serve many, many purposes rather than, you know, having a hundred different things that all are very, very specialized. It's perfectly okay to have, you know, objects and, and, and substances and components that are multi-use, you know, that's just as important as knowing what the specialized stuff did, uh, or yeah, does, that's, rather.
0: That's very much the same way in medicinal herbalism, or really really most areas that anyone could specialize in. Mm-hmm. After you know your stuff, you need less, usually. It's so like with cooking, yeah. you can do a hell of a lot with, like, five ingredients if you really know your stuff.
1: It's very, very true. And mm-hmm. I, I do think there is a, an old saying about uh uh, mastering the knowledge of herbs is that it is just as important to know a hundred uses for one herb as it is to know one use for a hundred different herbs so you should have that that more complete education
0: yeah absolutely i love it hi it's editing me again it was getting late and brie had to go and i had to go eat dinner as well but Emmy Primrose has one more question, and I'm going to be answering it in a Patreon exclusive episode. So, if you're interested, you can become a patron at any tier. And the question is about how to find confidence in what you specialize in, and how did you find your footing and confidence as witches slash know what's best for your craft? So, if you'd like to hear my answer to that, you can join us in the Patreon Grove over at patreoncom witch. Well, that is a great note to wrap on. And thank you so much to Emmy for submitting that question. Thank you so much for joining me, Bree. Anytime. You know I love coming over here to chat with you. I love it. So how can
1: the listeners get a hold of you and follow you and see what you're up to? Well, you can definitely always find me over on the Hex Positive Podcast. Go to nerdandtie.com slash hex. I am a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. You can follow me on Instagram at at Brie McGarren, and I'm also there for my, my personal Twitter. You can follow the show at at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me as Brie Landwalker over on Tumblr, and you can search my author name on Amazon to find all of my books. And you can go to brinagarin.wordpress.com for my shop and all of my updates. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you
0: all to all the listeners for joining. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Happy Halloween. Stay curious, witches. Thank you so much again to Bree for joining us in this episode and sharing her wealth of knowledge. As always, I'll link everything that we discussed down in the show notes. And you can get in touch with me via the contact form on therestlesswitch.com or email me at therestlesswitch at gmail.com. On Instagram and Tumblr, I'm the therestlesswitch and Twitter at restless You can find my handcrafted beeswax ritual candles in my Etsy shop, The Witch. And if you like this episode and would like this show to continue, please consider joining us in the Grove over on Patreon at patreon.com/slash the switch where you'll find lots of bonus podcast episodes, blog posts, as well as monthly tarot readings, physical gifts, and the chance to ask your specific questions during Wrestlings from the Grove. This episode was written, produced, edited by me, Kai the Rest of the Switch, and co-hosted and co-written by Brina Garin of Hex Positive, which is part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. The music in this episode is Graveyard by Trailer Bride, and you can find more of their music on freemusicarchive.com. Thank you again so much for listening. I hope that you're having a really fantastic autumn season and that you have a happy Halloween and bright Samhain. Stay curious, witches. I've got a, a secret. secret. Come in close. I've got a secret. Yesterday morning, in prepping for future um, holidays and Sabbats and episodes of this show, I was looking at some um, de-Christianized and sort of paganized arrangements of Christmas carols, and one verse from an arrangement of "In the Bleak Midwinter" just hit me right in the gut like no Christmas carol ever has. And I'm a pretty early riser, so it was around 7.30 in the morning and I was just sitting here crying at a carol. Which, I mean is this what religious people feel about Christmas carols? Anyways, I think that this verse is perfectly appropriate for Sawin. This is in the tune of In the Bleak Midwinter and I'm not gonna sing it here for you right now. But as a special Halloween treat for patrons, I'll include me singing this instead of just the spoken lyrics. Because like I've said before, I am not very secure in my singing in front of people. So for right now, here are the spoken lyrics. And if you'd like to hear me sing, you can become a patron. Darkness now surrounds us as the nights grow long. Yet we fill the nighttime with our hopeful song. Winter's cold won't reach us here where we light our fire. As we burn the old year on its funeral pyre. Oof. If that doesn't just sound 2020 appropriate. So yeah. My Halloween witch's secret. Is that I was over here at 7.30 in the morning. Getting real emotional at a Yule carol. So that's how my 2020 is going. I really cannot wait to burn it on its funeral pyre. How about you? Thanks again for listening all the way to the end. And happy Halloween. Stay curious, witches.